What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Today we have kind of a mixture of a Monday rundown, NFL Wednesday, on a Tuesday. Um, Sean and I first started out by talking about head coach firings. It was Black Monday or whatever they call it, uh, firing head coaches between basically the last two days. After that, we broke off and uh, talked about the final week of the NFL regular season. Following that, we talked playoff matchups, recapped our picks, and then I let Sean cry about Alabama, and we just bullshitted for a little bit. Enjoy the pod. fan so I'm, I'm celebrating the championship um unfortunately yeah. you're not but you know it, it's good to bring you back to reality so my giants despair and and anger and anguish wasn't enough for you no because i mean i'm in the same boat as you and by the way i i noticed this on uh, my last pot i tried to fucking tighten up this desk i apologize if there's a squeak in the background i mess with the mic settings hopefully it only picks up my voice Oh, boy. Yeah, let's just make sure it's only your voice. Your voice yeah. and only your voice. I'm trying. All right. Well, speak up. Do whatever you got to do. I don't hear anything. Um, but, Tom, we got to start with the news of the day. Um, obviously, we're going to go through all the news and notes from Black Monday yesterday and go through a busy week 18. But the news of the day, you want to keep me in New York, even though I'm down here in Texas? Fine. The Giants finally moved on from Joe Judge. It was a little touch and go there for, for a day or two. But the inevitable happened, in my opinion. I didn't buy a second of Josina Anderson's report yesterday saying that they're going to hold on to him. They were just waiting for the right time, and that time was today. Before I go into how I feel as the resident Giants fan on the pod, I want to just get your thoughts on uh, on everything and, and whether it was the off-the-field press conferences or the on-the-field absolute embarrassment that uh, eventually did him in had to have been a little bit of everything there I I don't get and they they made this point on the Michael K show today I listened to a little bit of it sometimes I do they they were giving this guy so much respect as if he was Tom Coughlin I know back in 2006 they mentioned that they were debating on firing Tom Coughlin but even pre-Super Bowl Tom Coughlin had won a division and had performed really well with Jacksonville what has Joe Judge earned to to or or why what how has he earned the the respect to get him this extra time i know that the maras and i guess subsequently the tishes are very uh loyal but i mean i guess it was a combination of both i mean the embarrassing 11 minute soliloquy that he went on basically rambling and then throwing the washington football team under the bus for no apparent reason. That was kind of just a quick drive-by. No reason for, for any of that shit. And it just made him look worse. And then they went out and got their asses handed to them by that Washington football team. 
Yeah, um, all that's true. And, you know, for me, we, we continue to make this point, so I don't have to drive it home, but we don't call for coaches or, or players or anybody's jobs. I mean, we have been at the receiving end of a lot of bad football. We were wondering if Aaron Boone was going to come back. We've had some lackluster basketball since we've been doing the pod a little bit better now. Our football's been a joke. I mean, you did call for his job. Kind of deserving, too. I, I Well, you know what it was? is I called for it when he made an embarrassment of the franchise. And, and I'm kind of caught in between this weird spot where it's like, okay, the New York Giants, they're this prestigious organization. They have the four Super Bowls in five appearances. And, you know, they have a stable ownership group, unlike some other teams and all this. And a rich history that dates back to the original teams in the 20s. But, Tom... This New York Giants team over the last 10 years, and I keep trying to tell you and some of the listeners, they are the laughing stock of the NFL. They've been they've missed the playoffs nine out of 10 years and how they've handled everything dating back to that boat trip has been right up there with the Jets has been right up there with the Jaguars has been right up there with the Lions. They're an embarrassment with a good history. And. I became apathetic watching them this year. I mean, I'm, they're my second favorite team. You know, we're going to talk about Alabama later. And yes, I've admitted that they're my least favorite of my favorite teams, despite being one of my favorite teams. The Giants are, I would rank two. I always have. I've seen two Super Bowl wins. It's been great for the most part. But I, I, I never thought I would see a day where I felt less energy and care about a team and it's been conditioned by not only the losing but the manner in which they've lost and head coaches that don't seem to know what they're doing and a GM that continues to get all this respect you mentioned what did judge ever do Tom what the, he did was come from the Belichick tree come from the Saban tree and be given a job at 38 years old that the Maras were hopeful was going to turn into a decade of head coaching so with that equity being built up he wasn't a retread like Shermer there was all this hope and promise, and I think he completely took advantage of that, saying so much where in his last meetings with players was, I'll be the judge of that, no pun intended. Like, this guy walked around like his shit didn't stink, and it stunk probably more than any of the other failures that the Giants have had since Coughlin. Yeah. Um, just, a, just a joke of a run. I mean, I understand he had the guys playing well, um, what was it at the end of last season and whatnot, and and that kind of bought him another year. But I mean, aside from who he hitched his wagon to, he's got nothing to show for it, and he deserved to be fired. Clean house, start over. Well, that's the exciting part. You know, today is the first time in a long time that I've felt any kind of real hope and promise because even when they brought judge in, which I didn't totally understand. And I think if you run this tape back two years ago, I was all for it because of where you talked yourself into it, you know, well that, and it wasn't a retread coach, which I, which we had done with Shermer and I didn't like Shermer shtick. So I was like, okay, good. We got a guy that, that comes from a good pedigree and he's young and he's energetic. I didn't love all the football cliches, but I, I kind of was like ready to go with a fresh, a fresh, voice but the real voice in the organization where I never really totally bought into hope was because they kept Gettleman around and when you keep a GM who took a running back at number two who not only doesn't look like he's a gold jacket guy he might not be part of the future with the new GM you took a quarterback at six which I told you I hated at the time and yes I've had to try to buy into Jones but we know what Daniel Jones is he's not a franchise guy and if he is he's not going to be with the Giants 
the best pick he's had is Andrew Thomas. And yeah, he's hit well in the later rounds with with real players like a McKinney and an Ojolare and some of those guys. But Tom, the free agency's been a debacle. The trades have been a debacle. And and now he's finally gone too. So it's a complete new clean slate. And I'm excited for whatever they do. I'm not going to judge any GM move. I'm not going to judge any head coach move. It's nice that the GM will have a complete say in not only the coach, but the coach's coaching staff. And I'm excited to just not know about it, not care about it from an optic standpoint, and just see what happens because there's no way it can be any worse than what it's been. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you're at rock bottom. I don't think you can go any lower. So who do you want? I mean, bro, honestly, for the first time, I don't know. I mean, they're, they have they have their eye on a GM candidate who's an assistant GM in Buffalo right now. They have their eye on two guys who are executives in Tennessee. Obviously, we've seen how good they've been. Um, as far as head coaching names, that that's not even going to come out until the GM is hired, so I'm not worried about that. I, I just want stability i want respect coming back to this organization and because the giants tom i root for the giants they're not the jets no sorry about that but they're not the mets they're not a team that's historically fallen on themselves and has been a laughing stock of the organization i mean they they shouldn't get primetime games right now the giants are always deserving of a primetime game or two simply because of the name and the market they're not deserving of any kind of positivity and no offense to chris myers but he did three giants games this year in in the years of me growing up watching the giants that would never happen buck and aikman haven't done a giants game unless they played the cowboys in like four years like there's no respect from the national media. There's no respect from the NFL towards this team. And that's not how it should be. The Giants are supposed to set themselves apart from that. So I just want whatever, whomever it is, to come in and restore some of that because it's been a long time. It has been a long time, and I am enjoying it. Uh, with that being I'm said, sure I, we can go over a few more firings. Um, the one surprising firing that I think you guys should be kicking down the door to go and get is Flores in Miami. Well, you know, the interesting thing about this, Tom, is I, I was also shocked. And, and when it first happened, I couldn't believe it because I've, like you, held Flores in a very high regard. But there's we're starting to hear some stuff come out now, and it's not pretty. Uh, apparently shouting matches with Tua. There were a lot of players that thought he was super arrogant and didn't buy into his message. I know they went on that seven-game winning streak, but if you look at the quarterbacks that they beat, certainly nothing impressive at all. I don't know. I, I love everything that I've seen from him, but this is where we're going to start. Things are going to start coming out now, and some of it's not good. Maybe he got fired for a reason. Yeah, sure. It's just like, I don't know. You have you have this guy who brought literally turned the season around, and he had a good year last year uh, with not too much talent aside from their defense, which he dialed up. And I get it. He's not agreeing with Tua, but is Tua their quarterback of the future? Well, the tough part about being a head coach is, and maybe it is because he's had success in New England as a DC, but like the head coach's job is not to worry about personnel. It's to make the personnel that you're given work. Yeah, and I th- and he couldn't make I understand work. that he, he had a bad start to the season, but I think he did that towards towards the end of the year. Oh, he did. I mean, like I said, he won seven in a row, but certainly, I mean, seven wins in a row is impressive, but they they weren't beating 
the better teams. And I know they had a nice win the other day against New England, but I don't know. I, I mean, all, I, up until I'm seeing these reports, I was all for it. But my question is, is maybe we can't judge these things too fast. Maybe he did get fired for a reason. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you want to go over a few more firings? I think we have to. What do you think about what happened in uh, Chicago? I think Chicago, Minnesota, and Denver – we all expected and and we were just waiting for the other shoe to drop on those those guys had to go uh whatever message they were giving was not sinking in with that team anymore and it was over for them and Nagy was an asshole so I'm not surprised in Chicago were you surprised that the GM lost his job in Chicago and also in in Minnesota no I'm not I mean Minnesota, I, I suppose I'm a, a tad bit surprised because they do have a lot of talent. That seemed like a more on-the-field issue for them. But for Chicago, I'm not. I mean, listen, they had a halfway decent defense, but they wasted a pretty much all of Khalil Mack's prime, and their offense is, is dog shit. I don't know what organization was more pissed about and less optimistic about their head coach and GM combo. Was it in Chicago or was it with the Giants? I, I, I'd i have to say it was dead even on that one. Just because we live in New York, I would probably lean – well, I live in New York, but you're a New York fan. I, w- I would lean Giants, but Chicago seemed pretty pissed just given the national news coming down too. Yeah, and, and it's the worst is when a fan base has no trust in anyone. Uh, making decisions both off the field. No, and they all the had field. to go just just for their arrogant attitudes and the terrible picks that they made coming from a GM perspective. I mean, Gettleman was a joke. Yeah, people, no, he really I mean, was. if he you remember that cartoon. COVID draft, people were it, he was a laughing stock. Yeah, he's a cartoon character. He really, he really is. Um, as far as Zimmer, I'm not surprised he was fired. There was a lot of writing on the wall, but. Tom, I think he's going to be a head coach in the league again pretty soon. And to me, it didn't feel like he lost his job because he's a bad coach. He was there eight years. I think his message just got stale. Yeah, I agree with that. I think out of uh, out of all these coaches that were let go, I believe Flores will probably get another kick at the can and Zimmer as well. If he's Zimmer's a little on the older side, if he wants it again, which I, I, he probably does, I, I think he'll get another shot as well. Yeah, or somebody's going to be very happy with hiring him as a DC, and probably Fangio too. I mean, Fangio is the oh yeah, DC. He's the perfect example of somebody who is a amazing defensive coordinator and not a head coach. Yep, you ready to run down some games? I think we have to. Um, we'll just run through the locals real fast. Obviously, we talked about the Giants, Tom. The last thing we want to talk about with the Giants is please tell me what your reaction was when you saw the Giants line up in the power. QB sneak formation, two plays in a row, one from second and 10 and one from third and nine at their own 10 yard line. That was a white flag for me. And, it, and, and if, if that's what put it over the edge for, for your head coach to get fired, then good. Um, it was just a joke. Have you ever seen anything like that before? No. And I just scratched my head. I mean, I didn't watch a hell of a lot of that game. No one really cared. Um, no. except true giants fans. I'm sure you did, but that, that right I didn't, there. No, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch a snap. It was it came on red zone and everybody was making fun of it. It was a joke. I mean, what else can you say? And, and that's a fireable offense in itself, right there. Yeah, it truly is. Um, nice to Finally, see their the season. Giants have their own butt fumble. That was a butt fumble esque moment. Really, it was Tom. Good comp right there. 
bringing it back to your boys. For Washington, hey, they played like dog shit, but they got a win. I think they can feel pretty decent about what they're going to be heading into next year. There are some real players on that team, and, and we like Rivera as a head coach. Moving on to your Jets. Obviously, this is a Giant-centric start because of their move, but if you rewind the tape back a year, Tom, it was your Jets moving off of Adam Gase and hiring Sala. And I kind of want to get your thoughts. As They lost 27-10. They covered the spread, those sons of bitches, um, as Buffalo won the division. They but pushed. I want to get your thoughts on, on the Jets because they didn't play a good game, and Buffalo absolutely owned Zach Wilson. But what did you take away from this season overall? I mean, I saw a good amount of progress from Zach Wilson. That game was 13-10 going into the fourth quarter, and then the Bills just showed why they're a playoff team and why the Jets aren't. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of good pieces on this team, and that's what I'm taking away, a really good young core. The GM's done an amazing job drafting and obviously trading. Um, and I, I like – I mean, listen, it was a tough year, a lot of injuries, but I like what I saw out of Salah dialing up some defenses, getting those guys to play hard, even in their losses. Um, they had a lot of teams on the ropes, including Tampa Bay a few weeks back. Um, so I, I do what I li- like what I saw out of this team, given given the lack of talent that they have or the young talent. I agree with you 100%. Uh, if I were a Jet fan, I'd feel pretty good about where we're at right now. I don't care about the record. Um, there's not a lot of talent, but there are some really good building blocks. I think you can take Wilson to me is a little bit more of a wild card. I think if I'm a Jets fan, I talk myself into him. If I'm not a Jets fan, I, I, I wonder if I saw enough. Um, but I really like the foundation that's being built there. I think Sal is a real head coach. The players play for him and you got 68 million in cap space. You've got two picks in the top 10. Sorry for that Seattle win there. Um, but you know, the future's super bright for the Jets. As long as they hit on some of them and they do as well in the draft as they've done the last year or two, um, you got to feel really good about the future. The tough part is just that division. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be getting any easier. I mean, with the Bills being who they are and the Patriots just rolling it right back, two playoff teams coming out of that division. Um, I-, I am looking forward to the draft. It's our favorite time of year as Jets and Giants fans, right? <laughs> yeah, it's an annual tradition. That Currency we know. of hope. We're, we're, we're going to be watching the uh, – we're going to have picks very early on. And, um, you know, Tom, just the last thing with the Jets is I, I think that they're – I think that they finally know what they want to be. And going into next year, let's play some meaningful games in December. I think that's attainable. Yeah, it definitely is. I don't see them as a playoff team next year unless they make some major free agent signings, but I think they'll be moving in the right direction. Uh, Moving on to the next game, Chiefs-Broncos, a lot closer than you thought it would be. The Broncos beat the Chiefs 28-24. I mean, the Chiefs Chiefs beat the Broncos. Excuse me, the Chiefs beat the Broncos. Um, I mean, they got the job done, and that's all they really had to do. They kind of mailed it in, and I certainly wasn't expecting Drew Locke to actually look like a pro quarterback. No, not at all. That was the best game of his career, and that's John Elway cannot pick a quarterback if his life depended on it. He needs to hope that uh, Aaron Rodgers, for some reason or another, doesn't want to stay in Green Bay, or Russell Wilson, or Watson, or whoever it may be wants to come there, because that seems to be his only way of getting a quarterback in town. I mean... You got Lynch earlier uh, out of Memphis. I don't know if you remember him. 
And then oh yeah, he was a bum. Drew Locke. I mean, it's it's bad. No, their history of drafting quarterbacks is abysmal. Um, did you take anything out of the Chiefs' performance? They didn't look great. I said they kind of mailed it in. Do you look at their track record and say they just wanted to get out of this game healthy? Tyree kills a little banged up. Um, or did you see anything that makes you a little worried heading into the postseason? No, I don't. I think this is a grain of salt game. I, I think that they played at three quarter speed, um, and, and they just wanted to get out of there clean. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you just based off the pedigree that Kansas City's built up. Um, Cowboys rolled over the Eagles. The game was close uh, for a while there, and then the Cowboys pulled away. They didn't even play a lot of their starters. This team looks really good, though. <laughs> they look really, really good heading into uh, heading into the first round of the postseason. And the Eagles are in, too. They didn't play any of their starters, I don't think. Um, so a game that really didn't mean anything. No, it meant nothing. I mean, the Cowboys were fighting for seeding there, so a lot of their starters played. But I, I forgot what seed they end up at. We'll have to talk about that later. Um, they are going to be playing. Three, I believe they're going to be playing the Niners, who you definitely don't want to see right now. Game meant nothing. Good for them to go out and get their stats. Um, ready to move on to the next game? Yep. Uh, this was a meaningless game. I don't think the Bengals played their starters, from what I remember. The Browns beat the Bengals twenty-one to sixteen. Um, the only thing you can really talk about is Baker's future. In Cleveland, and I think it's pretty bleak to be honest with you. I think he made a major mistake not uh, calling it a season when he got this shoulder injury. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. I mean, it was an admirable look, but sometimes that costs you uh, because obviously he played like like complete shit. Reports came down Sunday saying that he that the that the Browns are planning on keeping him around. I think they're planning on keeping him around unless a better option like a Deshaun Watson or an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson materializes. But I could see them drafting somebody, you know, later on in the draft, maybe in round two or three. Um, the other thing you can take from this game, because like you said, the Bengals didn't play their starters is uh, Miles Garrett is an absolute fucking stud. And I think he's entered the chat for, uh, for defensive player of the year this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Vilma was talking about it on on Rosillo's pod. He's the most complete player out of the guys there, and he has him as his defensive player of the year. I I still think it's Watt, but again, Watt's just a pass rusher. Um, Garrett's a little more of a complete player. I, I wouldn't be upset to see either of them. Parsons has obviously fallen off in the last couple of weeks, so I think it's a three-horse race between Donald and those two. Yeah, I'd agree. And by the way, dude, I'm glad you mentioned Vilma again. I feel like every time he's on, you mention he's the uh, best. Honestly, him. he's the best. I fucking love listening to him talk. Yeah, he he's the best. Honestly, he's the best analyst out there right now. Jonathan Vilma, you are welcome on our pod. Forget um, about Tony Romo. He's the best. Yeah, no, he really is. He's he's phenomenal. Um, Schlereth is another one that I really liked listening to this year. I think it was, you know, he did yeah, a lot of Giants great. games, but I, li- I like him a lot too. Um, Steelers beat the Ravens, and they reached the playoffs. And, Tom, this is where I'm just going to continue to give Mike Tomlin his flowers. I know we love him and we respect him, and, God, we wish we we had Just the fact that he got this teams, team to keep playing. It's incredible. Just the fact it's that incredible. he got this team to keep playing was – 
was more than enough for me. Um, he he should be he should definitely be a front runner for coach of the year. I don't think he'll win it. I think Vrabel's got that one locked up given the adversity that his team faced getting that one seed. But yeah, all the kudos goes to him. Do you think Big Ben's happy or upset? <laughs> I mean, I think he's happy. I think he's a, you know, he he's a competitor, and he's been to the playoffs almost every year. He's been a pro, so he's happy to be back. That's in, your boy. But, yeah, it's my boy. Hey, he made a couple of throws at the end there that were that were really big time throws and and Hall of Fame throws, is which he is. Um, but I, I mean, this is a Mike Tomlin special, and I, I was talking with a friend of mine about coaches and how every team, every organization is circumstantial right i mean like the giants are on their they just fired their third coach in the last six years they're paying three of them never to coach a game again mike tomlin i mean the steelers have had three coaches since 1969 and steeler fans who are upset over tomlin or want better it's like can you just walk a mile in any of these other team shoes please because you don't know how good you've got it uh to become a playoff team with that with that squad is pretty remarkable. Um, they're going to play Kansas City. They're probably going to lose, but what a win. And as for the Ravens, I think that's another great coach team. I mean, Harbaugh had them in there to the end. Hundley just didn't make enough plays in that game to win. Yeah, it was a close game, uh, sloppy game. But, yeah, maybe if Lamar's in there, even a dinked-up Lamar, the game might be different. Um, but at least you could say as a Giants fan that you're not going to have Jason Garrett as your head coach. No, we're not going to have Jason Garrett. We're not going to have Freddie Kitchens, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. Freddie Kitchens, what a joke. Um, <laughs> I understand he wasn't given much with that offense, but still, that that was embarrassing. Um, moving on to the next game, the Lions beat the Packers. Rodgers got pulled early. Um, I think if he really wanted to make a case for the MVP, he goes out and balls in this game, but I think he'd rather that Super Bowl ring. Um and the Lions, nice hard-fought win. I mean, this, this is a team that you also – I mean, I put them up there with the Jets. Maybe not as much because they don't know who their franchise quarterback. They don't have a young one. Um, and Jared Goff is what he is. But you feel really good about the culture that's in Detroit right now. You have I mean, to. And you know what? have the second overall pick in there, and they play for that guy. And, and with that being do. said, I, you know, if you want to build around Jared Goff, it's not the worst idea ever. Wow, and the guy did go I to a Super Bowl. Say that. Wow, Tom. You know, when we did our preseason talk with Will, you made it sound like this guy didn't even deserve to be in the NFL. Yeah, but then after watching him this season, I mean, if you get a good offensive line together and you can protect him, he can make plays. It's just under pressure, he's a joke. I've always said that. I mean, he's an NFL quarterback that if you don't have much, you'd be really happy to have him given how many other bums there are in the NFL. I, listen, so, as, as a Giants fan, around. I think you'd take him. Of course I would. I would take him. I would take Garoppolo. I'd fucking even take Kirk Cousins. Yep. That's huge. You know, just, just anybody that is capable of winning eight games a year, which all three of those guys are, and some of them win more. But, yeah, I agree. I, I really like the future there, and obviously Green Bay was just setting up for a Super Bowl run. Uh, the Jaguars in the surprise upset of the week. Probably of the year. The probably Colts, of the Tom. year. Yeah. Given yeah, the circumstances. The Unreal. Yeah, I'd say it's the upset of the year just given the circumstances because the Colts, if they win this game, they're in the playoffs. 
Um, it's it's not like they they were resting guys or anything. They had to play this game all out. They were playing for their season, and they go on to get blown out. Trevor Lawrence is shredding dudes, and they knock the Colts out of the playoffs. Unbelievable. Does Carson Wentz play another snap for Indianapolis? I think they have to play him. I was just gonna say I don't know what their alternative is. They so listen to this first for him. before we move on. So the Philadelphia Eagles have their pick, by the way, and not to mention the Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs and the Colts lose their pick and don't make the playoffs. What a joke! Listen to this: the Jaguars have two wins. Against the Colts in the last two years. They have two wins total against every other team. They have beaten the Colts in Jacksonville every year since 2014. The Colts have had some good teams. Now, I know Jacksonville had that one isolated year where they went to the AFC Championship game. But those were some Andrew Luck teams. That was a Rivers team. I mean, un-fucking-real. Yeah, I guess the Jaguars have their number, kind of like Miami has New England's number, right? Yeah, but I don't even know if you can put those two in the same category. I mean, my God, Jacksonville's just, they've been the bottom feeder of the league, really, without that isolated year. Uh, Carson Wentz, they're stuck with him, and man, that sucks, because... He sucks. <laughs> I, I think I think the history has been written, Tom. I mean, everybody says, I can't believe that Wentz got hurt and the Eagles had to win with a backup quarterback. I don't think they win without the backup quarterback that year. No, I mean, he has been a different player since that major injury. But, I mean, the guy just can't make a play when you when you need him to make a play. I mean, this game was dominated by Jacksonville the entire time. And, and good for Trevor Lawrence to look as good as he did to finish up a really tough rookie season. Um, your stock, do you still have a lot of Trevor Lawrence stock? Absolutely. Uh, It was just a a complete dumpster fire there. It'd be hard for anyone, including Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Joe Montana, anybody to succeed in that situation. No fucking doubt. No way. uh, No two ways about it. We'll see what they do this offseason as they're also in the market for a new head coach. Vikings beat the Bears in another meaningless game, although I was really uh, sweating this one out because obviously I didn't care about my team, but I did not want the Bears to win this game and fuck up draft positioning, and I'm glad that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings finally remembered that Justin Jefferson played in the second half because he torched the Bears. Yeah, um, the Vikings took care of business for you Giants fans. Um, Not much else to say there. Don't really care. No, not at all. Both both coaches obviously gone and both GMs gone. So a lot of new a lot of new faces in the NFC North coming up. No doubt about it. The Titans beat the Texans twenty eight to twenty five, barely, just barely, and they lock up the number one seed in the AFC. But hey, you got the win, that's all that matters. Congrats to them. Uh Julio Jones made a couple big plays in this game. Vrabel, as you said before, he is the Undisputed coach of the year, despite other great jobs done by Tomlin, Harbaugh, others. Um, incredible job by Tennessee. I, I can't believe that they're that the road to the Super Bowl is going to go through Nashville because they didn't have Derrick Henry for the majority of the season, and sounds like he's going to come back in a couple weeks. Yeah, you know what? I have to say, good for the Texans because 
this team was a joke, and they fought all year, and they were in a hell of a lot of close games, whether it be Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills. And I know— I like Davis Mills. I do. I I do, too. He can can make all the throws, and he was a blue-chip— uh, five-star quarterback coming out of Stanford. He was just hurt all the time in Sta- at Stanford. Um, and, and the other thing is, I mean, it seems like everybody's forgotten. All offseason last year, the Titans were the basically the Jaguars or the Giants, I hate to say it. Of Texans, la- you mean. Yeah, the, te- the Jaguars or the Giants said, of last the year. No, they were. I mean, no question about it. And heading into the season and, you know, David Culley got the job and no, nobody really knew a lot about him and nobody really thought it was a good hire. And it, it just shows the indictment that we've seen with some of with our two teams over the years. You know, you look at an Adam Gase, you look at a you look at a Joe Judge and you wonder how can t- coaches get so little out of their teams? Because even the worst teams in the league. Like you mentioned, this Texans team fought their ass off the majority of the year and didn't win simply because of the you know lack of talent, but certainly not because of the lack of internal pride that that team had. And I would feel good about anything if I was the Texans because no matter what happens with Deshaun, you feel like you actually might have a player in Mills. Yeah, no doubt about it. You just, I mean, hey, it, it, he's not the worst quarterback in the world to build around. Um Moving on to the next game, the Saints beat the Falcons 30-20. to This was an important win for the Saints because had the Niners lost, which, I mean, that game, shit, I lost a lot of money going back and forth live betting that Niners-Rams game. Um, they would have made the playoffs, which would have been terrible as a fan of watching football because I don't want to see uh, Taysom Hill slash Trevor Simeon in the playoffs. But still, I mean... Given the year that they had, that's that's pretty incredible. I don't want this to constantly be the the podcast about coaches, but again, I mean, look at what Sean Payton did with that team and that quarterback situation, right? Uh, it would have been amazing. Obviously, I agree with you. I don't think anybody would have wanted to see this iteration of the Saints play a playoff game, but they almost got there. That's a hell of a defense. I know there's rumors about Peyton and his future, but if I'm the Saints, I do whatever I can to keep him. And again, this is a team that fought down to the wire. Absolutely. Moving on to the next game, Russell Wilson, possible last game as a Seahawk. Um, Doesn't matter. They didn't make the playoffs, and the Jets still have a top 10 pick from them. Shout out Jamal Adams. Um, (laughs) More I got to ask you, give me your finger on the pulse of the Cardinals. Let's put yourself in the shoes of a Cardinals fan. How nervous are you? Oh, I don't feel good. No. I don't feel good. I mean, listen, I they, they were a much better road team than they were home team. They were so also a much better team at the beginning of the year, and that's been Cliff Kingsbury's M.O. since his days down in wherever Texas Tech is. Yeah, exactly. Lubbock, Texas, baby. Lubbock. Um, have no idea where, have no idea where it is, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, I, I – I don't feel great. And despite them being a, a good road team, a much better road team than home, than home team – the way they finished this season is has not been not been pretty by any stretch of the imagination. And they, Kyler still made some plays in this game, and I know JJ Watt might be back for for this playoff game in LA. And it's a divisional game, the uh, second of the divisional third rounds, uh, I guess, in the playoffs between opponents. But um, we also got Pat's Bills. 
you throw all you throw the kitchen sink at the Rams, but I just don't like the attitude of this team at all. No, not at all. You just got to hope. Uh, we'll preview that game. You got to hope that they can get pressure on on Stafford because he does not do well under pressure. He's shown that all year. Um, Bucks beat the Panthers forty-one to seventeen, and Tom Brady was just handing out bonuses like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> He's the ultimate teammate for that reason, right? And I like how they kept him in the game for that long, so he could just sling it around. God, is he fucking good? It was Evans, a shot you know, at Antonio Brown. Look what you could have had that Millie. Dude, seriously, what a fucking clown show he is. Uh, but yeah, Brady's Brady's the goat, and uh, they wanted this tune-up because obviously they didn't play well against the Jets. The circus of Antonio Brown aside, um, outside of that last drive that Brady led them on, so they they got a great win against a really bad Panthers team whose future is also incredibly bleak. Um, and they're going to host a playoff game against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, on Sunday. Yes, they are. Uh, the Niners. Um, excuse me, the Dolphins. I almost skipped over this game. Dolphins beat the Patriots 33-24. to This game really didn't matter, matter because once the Bills won, the Patriots weren't going to lock up the division anyways. Um, I think the Patriots are a first round out anyways. Um, yeah. I just don't see I, I just don't see Mac Jones being able to do it in a playoff atmosphere. Um, but hey, you know, it is Belichick, and I've been wrong before a bunch of times. Um, but... Not a good look for them going into the playoffs. Um, good win by the Dolphins. Uh, Tua, the jury's still out, but hey, Waddle is, I mean, this wide receiver class is insane. And I mean, if I obviously watched that college football playoff game last night. Um, and if you want to break that down after, I'm happy to do it because it looks like. Oh, we will. We it will. looks like there's another wide receiver in town. Oh, well, I mean, Jamison Williams, unfortunately, he tore his ACL. And yeah, but his replacement, months, but... true freshman number 84, man, he can play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he can. No, they're they're a, they're a football factory, and we'll, t- we'll talk at nauseum about them so I can give my Not too much nauseum, Sean. You can laugh at them. No, it's, it, it's going to be a conversation. I'd like to go to bed at some point. Long. All right, well, it's not going to be 20 minutes long, and we'll get to it. Uh, but, yeah, Jalen Waddell, Offensive Rookie of the Year, he has to be, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think Mac Jones is out of the conversation. Just put him off to the side. So I guess it's wide receiver versus wide receiver, Jamar Chase and Waddle. And, and I think Waddle's had the more consistent year. That's where I was going to go with it. I think Chase is, Chase has been the most He did break the Bengals record, Ocho Cinco's record. He did, and he's been the most celebrated but Waddle also he's broke had a good game. An NFL record. Yeah, when when Chase plays great, like he's the most celebrated and decorated because, of course, he's playing on a team that went to the postseason and has a legitimate chance to do some damage in the playoffs, which Waddle doesn't. But I think if you are really objective, I think Waddle had the better year and the more consistent year to use, uh, to use your word, which was operative here. Um, moving on down the line, Tom, we got two more to talk about. Two, Both best, of, these games two of the best games of the year. They were two of the best games of the year. I was just going to say, wait for the NFL to end this on a bang. The 49ers came back in overtime. Jimmy G, after two bad picks and throwing with basically four fingers because that thumb is in bad, bad shape. But he was slinging the ball all over, and they led the comeback and beat the Rams 27-24 in overtime to clinch a playoff berth. So why don't you start here, Tom? Why don't you walk me through this game and the swing of emotions that you had while you were betting? 
I, I, listen, I was chasing all day because of this game, especially. Um, Michaela was at work, so there was nobody to ju- to talk me off of this, and I was just making fucking <laughs> no one stupid. keeping you in check. I was just making stupid bet after stupid bet, and then right before fucking uh, Stafford throws that pick, I I go money line Rams because it was a little bit of plus money. And then he throws that pick. It was just – but you know what I have to say. From from the Niners' perspective, they gutted out this win. Debo Samuel is – he's the best – I don't even know what he is. He might be the best hybrid ever. I mean, he looks like a running back, like a really good running back out there when they have him. You know, it's not like they're doing jet sweeps. Like, he's running between the fucking tackles. And then he's also a great wide receiver that seems to get you a first down every time you need it. Gutty performance from Jimmy G. An actual gutty performance, not a Baker Mayfield gutty performance. Um, And, I mean, he, he made throws when they needed to be made. And... I just don't know how how they were able to come back in this game, and to flip it over to the Rams side, I don't know how you let them back seventeen nothing ahead. Um, I had the Rams on a on multiple teasers, multiple parlays, and I didn't even think I had to watch this game. Um, but that defense is just really making me nervous. Aside from Ramsey. And uh, even Donald, I think he takes too many plays off, like Vilma said. Um, What's his face? Von Miller just looks gas all the time. And he had Staff- a couple big plays in this game. Though. Yeah, sure, but he just isn't consistent enough. And then Stafford is just he's just dog shit. I said it. I mean, listen, Cooper Cup, incredible year. He should probably be talked about in the MVP conversation, although he'll never win. Maybe he'll win offensive player of the year. But I mean, Stafford is just dog shit, and then you put him under pressure, and he's got to make a big play in order to win the game, and he throws an interception. He underthrows Odell Beckham, who he's supposed to have a fucking hose for an arm, and it was a clean pocket, and he underthrows Odell Beckham by 10 yards. Yeah, a lot to unpack here. I mean, obviously, you started from the San Francisco side. They're down 14 nothing. You're thinking, oh, boy, 17. here we go. 17 nothing even. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, because they made a 17-3 with a field goal. Um, that was their first points on the board. And they were getting completely outplayed. And, and the whole narrative would have been, if Garoppolo didn't have a chance to lead the comeback, would be, oh, two interceptions, terrible. I think he saved his Bomb. job. Tom, even if he didn't, there's so many teams, including my team, that should want this guy. And I know he's – kind of mocked for that terrible overthrow in the Super Bowl that would have won them the game and a championship and the way we talk about him is totally different I I will think him and golf are very comparable in that regard Um, but he made some unbelievable plays and Debo Samuel you can't stop him I, I if I'm Dallas I'm shitting bricks watching that game from the LA side, Tom, let me ask you this because you asked me about Arizona. So how about I just rephrase the question to LA how do you feel about them? Give me the finger on the pulse for them heading into this game against the Cardinals. Do you I feel, feel any really great confidence in them? I'm not confident in Stafford. And as a fan, as a team, you should never look ahead. But as a fan, I'm looking ahead to the next game because I think they definitely um, go out and get the Cardinals in this game. I think it's a heavy running game. Cam Akers is back, um, and he's by far their best running back. I think they should just stuff it down the um, – what's it called, the Arizona Cardinals throat. They need 
to get this pass rush in order. They need to figure out a way to get to Kyler, but I think they will. But looking ahead after that, when Stafford actually has to make a play under, you know, under to rest with composure, I'm, I, I mean, that's what's scary for this fan base is that they've literally mortgaged their future more than any other team. And I just don't think yeah. this is a Super Bowl team. No, it's, it, it's, it's, to me, it's not, um, you know, the, in the NFL, the quote unquote fantasy team, the star team never, ever seems to win in the NBA. You can get there with it, even if they're not a perfect team in the NFL, you can't, we've seen this time and time again. Now I will say this, if they do follow through with your prognostication and beat the Cardinals, that will be Stafford's first playoff win. So maybe he gets a little bit more confidence if he does get that win. But there's no more pressure. There's not a team in the postseason, even Dallas, who always has pressure. And I think Green Bay has a decent amount of it. I, there's not a team in this playoffs, Tom, that has more pressure on it than, than L.A. I don't think it's close. Me neither. I mean, like you said, they mortgage their whole future. And I don't like this final in this game because of exactly that reason. They had it. They had this game won. They were fully dominating. It was 17 nothing. It was over, in my opinion. I was like, wow. My only question is, is when are they going to take a pull the starters? Because uh, it didn't look like San Francisco was going to do anything that was, you know, resembling what the what the actual result was. And not only did they fold, they had a game. They had the game won later, and they give up this. What was it? A 75 yard drive. Yep. To Garoppolo. Straight down the field. A minute and a half. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing that we haven't mentioned is the coach. I mean, we haven't mentioned McVay, and, and a lot of this falls on his shoulders. Well, he was the one that really pushed for Stafford. So that's that's the case. And, well, that, and but been... I mean, the fact that the game is literally slipping from your fingers and you don't draw up any plays in order to just stop the bleeding. I mean, bleed the clock out a little bit. Well, that's the problem, Tom, is that's not what the kind of team they are. You know, it's just not. I know. So they're going to win what? or lose the way that they're going to win or lose, which I... is being an ultra-aggressive team. Yeah, well, then you can look at the offensive coordinator, the Atlanta Falcons, who was the head coach on the other side of the field. He'd have a, himself a Super Bowl ring if they just didn't play like the team they were and chewed the clock out in that Super Bowl, 27-3, if you don't remember. Sometimes you got to oh, coach to the situation. Listen, you're preaching to the choir. I'm certainly not arguing. And, and great head coaches make adjustments, no matter what your game plan is. Great head coaches make adjustments, but great we podcasters don't know make adjustments. Your desk has a little squeak. You mess with the mic settings. You talk a little bit louder, and you keep it moving. You know, you've also been very enthusiastic, which is, I think, keeping that table up there at bay. So you know, it's 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 a good thing. I'm um, giving it dirty looks. Uh, it's listening to the tone of your voice. No, I, I, this is the, they're going to go down or they're going to win based off the character of team. And, and you see this all the time, dude, coaches don't learn from past co- other coaches mistakes or even their own past mistakes. They're going to create an identity of a football team. That's what they all talk about. And they're going to win, lose or draw with that quote unquote identity. And the game we're about to talk to next about next really puts that into fruition. Brutal. Brutal. What a game. I mean, incredible 
back and forth. I mean, how many fourth downs? You don't complete that many fourth and tens in Madden. It, it was He's been doing insane. it all year. I mean, Herbert is incredible. And honestly, I mean, there was a lot of bad throws on first and second down, but I, you can't put this game on him. No. Not a, I mean, not at all. I mean, obviously they couldn't stop your boy out of Alabama, Josh Jacobs, at all. Um, but we knew that. That was the, the Chargers' M.O. for the entire season. Um, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, this game – I mean, I watched it in three different rooms trying to trying to change things around because you know I was rooting heavy for the Chargers because my, my one of my best friends is is probably the only. Yeah, did Chargers he end fan. up watching in the dark room by himself? He FaceTimed me and then he had to hang up. Um, I mean, I think he's come to grips with it, but sure. I, I mean, it's just this team is just so snake bitten, which is a term that you like to use along with battle tested. Um, I haven't used battle tested in a long time. I know. I've pretty much retired it. I know. I'm waiting for you to pull it out, but we got to wait for the right time um, because you are, you're battle tested from a podcast perspective and you know what the hell you're doing. Um, you're damn right. <laughs> um, but I mean, what a gutty win by the Raiders uh, and their whatever their head coach name head coach's name is. I think first of all, th- that being said, he's got to get a contract. Is that it? Something like that. Something Italian. Um, he's definitely got to get an extension or, or a position. Yeah. No doubt about it. But then back to the game, it's just, I mean, this Chargers team, so many fucking mistakes. It's unbelievable. They kept giving. And the biggest mistake of all, did you watch this game? You know, bro, honestly, I, I opened Monday, so I watched the first half and that was it. So I, I didn't get a chance. Watching the overtime and the announcers said it and everybody said it, I swear to God, and I don't have any inkling on this, but I swear to God, the Raiders were just going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball until the clock expired. And then the coaches, yep. in my opinion, and I think the coaches were going to shake hands and say good luck in the playoffs to you and good luck in the playoffs to you. And then Staley, who – has made a lot of asinine calls the entire season, and he's running a defense that he had with the Rams, who, oh, by the way, you know who the Rams had? Aaron fucking Donald and Jalen Ramsey. He has neither of which, and that's probably why they get run up the gut every single time because they don't have the players to do it, although I like Bosa and I like that linebacker number 42, and obviously I like Derwin James, but they don't have the run stoppers. I mean, that timeout, is a fireable offense, in my opinion, alone. Why, Tom, why are you doing there. that? Bro, listen, I, I didn't watch it, but I listened to every single podcast reaction clip, clickbait thing under the sun afterwards because it sounded like it was a handshake agreement that they were going to end that in a tie and Pittsburgh wouldn't get in. And, you know... Brandon Staley has a lot of Joe Judge in him from this regard. Ooh, For somebody that doesn't That's a dirty a word, my friend. Oh, it's a dirty two words. And thank God I never have to hear him talk one more word uh, as the Giants head coach. But, bro, honestly, he stands up at the end of these games and says with more conviction about the identity of the team, which I mentioned before talking about the Rams and McVay, than anybody I've ever heard outside of Judge. And your identity is wrong. 
You are wrong. I don't care what identity you want to have. Your identity right now is a coach that didn't make the playoffs. So congratulations. And you played yourself. You're exactly right. From everything I heard, this game was going to be a tie. El, El, or Las Vegas was more than happy to just run the ball, kill the clock, call it a day. It's done. And no. The Chargers have to be the smartest kid in the room, and they have to call a timeout to get the run defense in that they wanted that didn't even fucking work. And then Carlson kicks the field goal. Inexplicably stupid. Your identity's bad. Your players have to be laughing at you. And you cost a really talented quarterback and a really talented team an opportunity to possibly pull an upset in a playoff game because they are that good. They're not that smart. But they are very good. As for the Raiders, Tom, you're exactly right about the head coach. He has to at least deserve an opportunity to interview for the position long term or get a job on the coaching staff if he wants to stay. To keep this team together, although a lot of their issues were self-inflicted, obviously Gruden, obviously Ruggs, obviously the uh, the corner there that um, that got released as well. There's a lot of high character guys on this team too, and they stayed together when their when their asses were up against the wall, and they needed to win in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis, and then at home against the tough Chargers team. They did that, so I give them a lot of credit. No doubt about it. And and you you described Staley to a T. He's got to be the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes just take it, just take the bait instead of having to outsmart yourself. And it's like these quarterbacks. You hear Trent Dilfer say it all the time that are trying to make the perfect throw. No, Tom Brady checks down, take the bait. Same thing in this situation. Take the fucking bait. Nothing. There was nothing going on. They they got another couple yards because you called your stupid-ass fucking timeout, which brought them a little bit closer, and Carlson's fucking automatic, and now you're going home. And Herbert, I feel terrible for the kid because, I mean— you heard Collinsworth and, and, and who's the other guy with him? I forgot. Al Michaels. Al Michaels. They said they were speechless. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I wanted to go to bed so bad. And I was just like, please make this game a blowout. And I had to fucking <laughs> finally put the game on. I had it on my phone. I was like, I'll put it on the TV in the bedroom. And I had to watch it. And then I was like, oh, it would be sick if this ended in a tie. It would be so funny. We'd never forget it. And then he makes this dumbass fucking play and all we're going to remember is that the Raiders made the playoffs and the Chargers didn't and honestly he's not going to get fired but and no. I don't you know I don't I'm not trying to fucking call for his job whatever these guys make fucking millions of dollars he should be fired for that he's an asshole yeah he's daily not I, welcome on the pod Keenan Allen anytime Derwin James Off anytime Eckler. Austin Eckler, anytime. Obviously, Herbert, anytime. Your head coach, no. Jokester, clown. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bro, I really think that some of these coaches, and having to listen to Judge's diatribe the last two years, and now listening to Staley for this one year, and some of the other guys, I think they try so hard to assert themselves, and I think the only way that they can convince 
I, I to, feel like you know try to convince anybody else real fast. They try to convince everybody else by convincing themselves yeah. of the decisions that they make. And I really think when they're doing these pressers, they're not even trying to convince the media. The media asks the questions, but they don't care what the media thinks. They're trying to convince themselves and the players. And the dumbest thing is the players don't even listen to the post game press conferences. They listen to the meeting at the end of the game and then they call it a day. So he's really just trying to convince himself. And the more he does it, the more he sounds like a, like to use your word, a clown. Yeah, and I think Judge and um, Staley and a few of these other coaches, like you saw Nagy doing it too when they talk in these press conferences, and it makes you uncomfortable because it's just like I, I feel like you're trying to play a character. Yes, you know, you're trying to yes. go outside your personality. And this fake bravado and cockiness after a loss, you don't have to be cocky after a loss. Be humble. Say it was my fault. Take it on the chin and keep it moving. You sound like a fucking idiot. I know. These guys try to stay. And again, you know, they keep saying, well, this is the identity of our football team. This is what we want to be as a football team. Your identity can suck my, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, this is where you draw your line? Yeah, that one <laughs> felt hard. I almost slipped out. Yeah, and I yeah. Was like, they were ready to go. I was uh, even thinking, I'm like, man, we don't censor this pod, but bro, that's uh, aggressive. That's why I censored myself uh, there. <laughs> I like it. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm totally with you. It, it, they, these guys need to do a better job of taking, you know, you, we made fun of Anthony Lynn a lot for his clock mismanagement and all that. At least the guy was humble. At least the guy was, you know, willing to fall on the sword a lot staley doesn't seem to be willing to do that at all um he's a fucking loser yeah he is he's i don't know why i'm so passionate about this no because you know what man they didn't lose the chance at the playoffs because of this game and that isolated mistake they lost the chance at the playoffs because of the whole season's worth of going for these moronic fourth downs at times that made no sense and that we've never seen before as you said if you went for these in madden you wouldn't get them playing a video game at a high-end level so why are they going to do it as a pro football team they lost this because they went for fourth and 10 at their own 20 a couple weeks ago and they've done it all year. And some of those losses that should have been wins because of the talent that they have bone them in the ass to end the season. That's all it is. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a high-end Madden player, but you know, I I play Madden 14. Jets just won the Super Bowl with RG3. No big deal. <laughs> oh, what could have been. Um, By the so way, before, before, we, talk about Nash, yeah, yeah, before yeah. we move on, I know the secretary is wondering, and I'm sure some of the other fans were, I placed a lot of prop bets on this game, and I ended up in the green to end the day. So we're good. Oh, good for you. I'm really happy for you. Um, before we talk to them real fast, I just want to get your quick picks. Not thoughts, just picks. Run through them fast for the wild card weekend set. Raiders-Bengals first game. Give me the Bengals. I don't know what the spread is. We're not even going to go with the spreads here. Um, nope. We'll recap our picks after this, and then we'll talk about we'll, – We'll cry about your Alabama. We'll put them. We'll put them to bed for the year. Um, give me go. the Bengals in this game. Um, I, I wouldn't call the Raiders a team of destiny by any means. It's incredible that they're in this position. Um, but yeah, give me the Bengals. Pat's Bills. Give me your pick. Oh, uh, I got the Bengals too. <laughs> okay, I thanks. think they're just a the better team. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just a the better team. Yeah, I guess we have a case of uh, rest or rust here. 
Yeah, I mean, I can see the Raiders keeping this really close. And Cincinnati certainly hasn't. I mean, they haven't won a playoff game since 1991, the year I was born. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah we know how old you are. But Joe Burrow is their quarterback. Guy. Um, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase seem like they're going to be the pair that breaks that. But I think it'll be close. Pats, Bills on Saturday night, round three in Buffalo. I already said it. Give me the Bills. I, I don't think Mac yeah. Jones has got enough juice to get it done. What do you think? I hate to go against Belichick, but I don't like the way they finished the season. And the Bills are really fucking good, so give me the Bills. Steelers-Chiefs, 8-15 on Sunday. I mean, the Chiefs, I think this is going to be a – I think they're going to run away with this game. Yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. Over to the NFC, Eagles-Bucks on uh, 1 o'clock on Sunday. I like the Bucks, and I think the Eagles are actually going to find a way to keep it close. Maybe Tampa Bay looks a little, you know, like they're going to walk through this game. But I think when push comes to shove, Brady will make the plays and they'll win this game. I like the Bucks in a blowout. Really? Yeah, I just think that that defense of the Bucks, especially because it's rounding back into form, they're going to – I like Jalen Hurts. You know, go Alabama, go – I know uh, you do. Missouri, is that where he transferred to? Oh, no, no, no. He oh, transferred no. to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. No, the, the quarterback from uh, Clemson transferred to Missouri. Um, I forgot his name. But um, I I just think that they're going to be able to get pressure on him and do whatever they want. And I think I see two or three picks in this game as well. I think Kelly Bryant was the one you were uh, talking that's, about. That's um, what I was thinking. I'm a college football guy. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. Um <laughs> 49ers Cowboys in the Will Smith Invitational. Tom, I, I this is tough. This game dude. to me is one of the most exciting. Exactly, this Listen, is the best game been, probably here. I, I think it is. I, I was thinking Cowboys all the way. I, I there. Here's the thing about the Cowboys. For all my joking, they score a lot of points. And they're capable of it anyway. They can dominate time of possession if their running game is going well, and they create a shit ton of turnovers which is advantageous if you're going to win playoff games. And Garoppolo, obviously, for as good as he can be, he can also be mistake-prone, you know, and and throw some bad interceptions in crucial moments. But God damn, with Debo Samuel, the way they run that ball with him and Mitchell, they can also chew up clock and keep Dak and CeeDee Lamb and that whole offensive contingency off the field. They're a hard physical team. If you watch them on the right day, you think they're a Super Bowl team. If you watch them on the wrong day, you wonder how they won even five games. This game's a coin flip for me. I think I'm going to take San Fran. Okay, so I was going to ask you, is this the game where you said it on our pod with Will, and I think you've been saying it all year, is this the game where Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore have their their major fuck-up and cost their team a victory? Listen, if it's a close game, which I think it will be, the the stage is set. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. if it's close and you're going to have to win because you're just smarter than the other coach. Listen, Kyle Shanahan does not have the best track record. You mentioned the 27 to 3. I think it was even 28 to 3. Um blunder in the Super Bowl 5 years ago. But he's a damn good head coach. I would definitely rather have him than McCarthy. The stage will be set if this game goes the way I think it will be. Yeah, uh, you could definitely see McCarthy fucking up and and him being the reason why Dallas doesn't move on. I'm going to go Niners, and here's why. Kyle Shanahan, not a good front runner. Good coach when his back's against the wall. Front running in the Super Bowl both times, and they lost both times. Yeah, and they're on the road where 
they're a much better team as well. That's another example of a team that's better on the road than they are at home. I think there's going to be a lot of 49er fans in Dallas, um, and this is a historic rivalry. Uh, we just had the anniversary of the catch uh, from 1982. I'm looking forward to this game. It's gonna, it should be great. Agreed. Final game. This is on Monday night. Um, Cardinals Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams. Me too. Um, me too. I think they're just the better team, and in the first round, talent alone might just get them the win. But I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Neither do I. But I do think that defense is going to get dialed up, and they're going to be able to to contain Kyler Murray. Yeah, two teams that know each other really, really well. Right, so you you're not going to have a lot of surprises. Uh, I think it's just going to come down to usually, you know, in games like this, who has the most talent, and and the Rams. I think uh, they check that box. Absolutely. All right, you ready to? Um, oh, we shit. We got to go over our picks really quick. I, I was just going to say, yeah. Again. How do we finish up, Tom? All right, Sean. The last week of the year, we both had Washington. We got that one. Buffalo against the Jets. They won Buffalo Bills, won by exactly 17. So that gives us a push on that one. You had the Jets. I had Buffalo. Um, Mm -hmm. Carolina, Tampa Bay. You had Tampa Bay. I had Carolina. You won that one big time. And then... Denver KC, you had Denver uh, KC minus 10. I took that one with uh, Denver. I went 2-1 on the week. You went 2-1 on the week, both with a push. Final standings at the end of the year. I sneak above 500 at 29-28, and and you run away with it at 32-26. and A desperation hail Mary for me. And, God, if – if Carolina could have showed up and if Buffalo could have just kicked another field goal, it would have been really interesting. Let's go, baby. We didn't even make a bet because we don't pay our bets. But for bragging rights only, which I like the most anyway, I feel very vindicated. I feel But you're very a two and one since we've been doing this thing. I know, because last year we didn't really count it, right? No, two years ago you won, or you whatever. You know what I mean. I think I won. No, I won in. I won our first year, twenty eighteen. You won in nineteen. We didn't do it last year, and I did it. And I won this year. So two and one. I'll take it. Yes, sir. All right. Let's let's talk about this national championship game. It was a definite tale of two halves. I mean, dude. I think it was. <laughs> I it it, it was. It was a great game till like halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know what? You know what it came down to was that Georgia defense finally decided to show up. They started putting pressure on your boy, um, what's his face? Bryce Young. Bryce Young. And and that was the difference in the game. I mean, Stetson Bennett made plays where he had to. Um, not a sexy game by any means, but it was that pressure. Finally, it showed up for Georgia against Alabama, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah. I mean, here, I take a lot out of this, right? So the biggest thing for me, A, was that Bama did not convert touchdowns uh, when they had the opportunity to. Uh, they also had a field goal blocked late. I mean, your Stephen field goal Bennett- kicker was the best player on the field. 
I know. Stetson Bennett is going to be the story because the quarterback always is. The winning quarterback always is. But, Tom, he made a mistake in the fourth quarter of that game that should have, and in typical Bama games, does cost them the game with that fumble. Uh, Yeah. That sets up a Bama opportunity that, again, they only came away with three points. And I don't love making games about injuries. Um, I think that the winning team generally deserves to win and the losing team generally deserves to lose. Here we go, everybody. Okay, but can you honestly tell me that Jamison Williams getting hurt doesn't change the entire complexion of that game? I mean, I don't catch. That's I understand that, that across the middle. That... I know he made the catch, but I mean, it's not like before that they were setting the world on fire. They were kicking field goals here. Um, I know, but he's a he's a big play. Going to be the first wide receiver taken in the draft. They already don't have Mechie, who tore his ACL in the SEC championship game. I'm not going to bring that up because they both he tore their ACLs, right? Yeah, so Mechie wasn't playing in this game, so I'm not going to bring him up as a wild card. I think if we can agree if both of them are healthy, the game's different, but they Agreed. have Williams healthy. So Williams is healthy. Williams is a, is a showstopper, and he is a touchdown machine. And when he tears his ACL and, and comes out of the game, Tom, everything changed because they don't have – you mentioned number 84, Holden. They don't – he's not ready yet. Like, right, like he's not ready yet, and he's certainly not ready when the focus is on him. The other attention is on Slay Bolden, who's a really nice slot receiver, right? He's a lot like a Hunter Renfro, except not as good. Future Patriot? Like, he's that kind of type. What's that? Future New England Patriot? <laughs> yeah, he certainly fits the bill, right? And they couldn't run the ball, which was going to be the story uh brian robinson wasn't going to have the day against georgia that he had against cincinnati and and that was obvious i mean bryce young threw the ball 57 times but i really think this game is different if they have jameson williams because it's not like he's a role receiver he's going to be the first receiver taken in the draft he's a true game changer and if he's is healthy Mechie coming out i don't know if Mechie's coming out he might stay uh and if he does come out he might you know fall to the second round um but as far as Williams goes, you don't have a touchdown threat now. You know, like like they literally didn't have a guy who could go get you a touchdown. I like their tight end in the rest of this game. Yeah, the tight end's fine, but he's not Jamison Williams. And Georgia was able to really let their their they were able to apply the pressure that you mentioned that they wanted to, and also they were able to play the kind of defense in the linebacking core in the secondary that has made them the best defensive team all year when you don't have the fastest wide receiver in college football on the field. So I'm not going to say that they definitely win with him, but I'm certainly going to say that the game definitely changed when he came out. Well, they lost. I mean, are you going to really tell me that I'm wrong there? We'll never know. The Are world you may that never game know. With any objectivity and saying that the game didn't dramatically change when Jameson Williams came out of the game. We'll we'll never know, man. I mean, we'll never know if Staley didn't call that timeout, and we'll never know if if he gets if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I definitely You're think so it's salty. I, I, I'm not salty. It's just different. It's a different game when one of your best players comes out and he's hurt. I will give Stetson Bennett credit because when he had that fumble, I was like, okay, here we go. Like, what a terrible choke job. He's not ready to handle this. They're going to punch this touchdown in, and they're gonna, and Bama's going to find a way to win. But, man, he made some big-time throws at the end of that game, and then the pick six obviously sealed it. 
it's a shitty loss. I was obviously upset and, and am upset, but good for Georgia. They, they've been trying to, and I did pick Georgia to win this game because I just don't know how much, how often you can continue to find ways to lose, uh, to lose games, um, especially when they've played Bama so well. You know, it's not like they've been thoroughly outplayed by them. Yeah, and, and listen, looking ahead till next year, I, a lot of those Georgia guys are gone. I know they bring in yep. blue chips like there's no tomorrow. I think Alabama's going to win it next year, um, especially with another year under Young's belt. He's the best quarterback in college football, future number one overall pick, first Heisman quarterback in Alabama history. Um, and then Georgia, I mean, Stetson Bennett, there's a nice job for him at the SEC Network at 5'9". I don't see him being <laughs> an NFL quarterback. I hate to say it. Um, and a lot of these guys are going on to the draft, so it's going to be a tough year for Georgia coming up, I think. I mean, the, the mock draft is filled with Bama and Georgia guys. There were probably 20 players on the field yesterday um, that are going to be playing in the pros um, next year. And, and also, too, let's not forget about Will Anderson, who was one of the best, if, if not for Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, probably the best defensive uh, number pass 31? in the country this year. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I would take him in a heartbeat. You yeah, know why? He's, he's got he's he got, those other two guys. They take plays off. This guy's got a motor like no tomorrow. I watched him make a. I watched him blitz the quarterback. The quarterback Stetson Bennett flicks it out to you know checks down to the running back. He chases down the running back, tackles him for a loss. I mean, he's going every single play. I would love him on my team. Oh yeah, him and him and Bryce Young are still going to be with the team next year. So those are the building blocks on offense and defense. And I'm just going to say this too, just to close the thing out, because we make fun of these coaches, and I, I really do think that, especially on the collegiate level, you see why the best players constantly want to go to these programs, and it's not just for championships. And you wonder, like, oh, I'm so sick of Bama, or I'm so sick of Duke, or I'm so sick of UConn women's basketball, and. Like there's a reason why these coaches are what they are, and Saban at the end at the post game presser after after Bryce Young and Will Anderson did their did their uh, their comments, Saban kept them down and talked for 50 seconds about how proud he was of those guys and how much he loved them and how much of a pleasure it was coaching this team, even though they didn't win. And that's not typical Saban. We know him as the hard ass, and he was softer with this team because it was such a young team and so many guys that need to be better next year. Like that's why players want to play there. Like, he really does a phenomenal job as a head coach and caring about these guys on this level. He, he's just like Krzyzewski. You know, why do, Why is Duke always great for this long? It's because Krzyzewski knows exactly what to get out of his teams and players, um, which is why Saban will be back next year. Is your arm okay? Right back in the championship. And I know what joke you're making. <laughs> is your arm okay? I think you broke it, jerking them really cool, off. It's bro. It, that's cool, man. Because we don't talk about that with coaches. We don't. We're just like, oh, he's a hard ass. Oh, fuck them. You know, why does he just get the best players? Blah, 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 blah. Well, there's an answer to that. So there you go. That's all it is. Congrats to Georgia. They got the win. Kirby Smart deserved it. And now we don't have to talk college football for another 10 months. So good for you. Hey, man. I I did. I think you need to pull me aside during this podcast and tell me how great of a job I did. I think you did a great job. I didn't hear one squeak. Uh, I think you were a real pro, and uh, I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. It shows why we're it shows why we're as good as we are, Tom. Thank you, but I was I was more in. looking I was more looking for for you to say that uh, I did a great job during college football season. 
Yeah, that too. You were dialed in. Every year you get better. Yeah, it's crazy how good you can be at something that you could literally give less of a fuck about. Do you want the college football playoff to expand to eight teams under the format that we've been talking about for the last few years or no? Absolutely. I would care just a little bit more. Yeah, like I'm torn on it because I I really do think the reason why you do care so much is because every game in the regular season matters. Agreed, but I don't see how that would change unless you fucking start putting like 15 to 20 teams in. I mean, I want automatic bids from, from, you know, the Power 5 conference champions, and then I want a couple Cincinnati's in there as well. Yeah, we're in agreement on that. You got your you got your five power five champions, and then you got your wild cards. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And if you want to throw around bye weeks or whatever, fine. But you know, how many bowls can we watch be played that just don't oh, mean God. shit? Well, you don't think you don't think these bowl teams or these bowl sorry these bowl sponsors would be shelling out money like no tomorrow if these games actually mattered if they were a first or a second round bowl. For for the uh, college football playoff, no, I to- I totally agree with you, Tom. And, and obviously, too, you know, the problem is now is you're seeing more and more really good players opt out of these bowls if they're not eligible for a championship because there's no reason to play them. Yeah, and I think that's a small deterrent. I mean, because we don't expect you know somebody from University of Hawaii who could be a first round pick that he's going to the, you know, the Meineke car care bowl. He's probably still going to sit that one out, but you know, maybe somebody from, I don't know, a cusp team like uh, Notre Dame or, or Oklahoma state. If they had snuck in there, they definitely wouldn't have sat out because they're still in it. Yeah, no, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I, I'm with you in agreement all the way. And, you know, even in college basketball, we, we don't see that often. I mean, who was the, who was the really good Duke prospect last year that opted out of the season like early? Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't. I honestly I, I don't, don't. I remember I don't, it happening. Um, me too. I and I mean, that was name. also that was also much different circumstances because, I mean, these guys have been opted. I remember Kish, Christian McCaffrey opted out of a ball, so it's been happening for years. That was more just. Yep. Leonard Fournette too. Yeah, that was more just due to like COVID and stuff. It was COVID, but also Duke wasn't good last year. Yeah, no, and, and it's a factor. That, but if it was a regular season, I don't think he would have just called it quits. No way, because even if even if you are a ten seed as a as a power conference team, right? Like if you're a North Carolina and you finish as a ten seed, you're playing in the NCAA tournament. Like you yep. want yourself out there, especially with the chance that you have, like you said, like you have a chance to win a natty, even if you don't look like you are heading into the tournament in football, you have four teams. If you're not one of the four, you can't win a championship. So who cares? Absolutely. You got anything else going on? My friend, we haven't spoken no, since bro. last week. Yeah, not, not much else. I, uh, let's see. What did I do? Friday? I went out. Or, in, or Saturday I went out, uh, checked out this really cool new uh, pizza spot here in Austin. Um, that was dope. And nice. I'm trying to think what else. Um, not not a hell of a lot else. Pretty much everybody I know outside of the, outside of the person I went to grab pizza with was uh, has COVID. So wow. it's been a 
been a slow, it's been a slow burn here. Um, but no, nothing else too crazy. Um, I'm just excited for now that college football's done and, and now it's just time to settle into the NBA and find some opportunity to watch some more content. Uh, I still want to watch the super Dave doc. How about you? Yeah, man. Uh, got my booster today. So knock on you. wood. How you I, I mean, it was, it was at like six thirty PM. So, you know, I don't think anything bad that was going to happen has kicked in yet, but I'm fine. Um, I'm hoping that it continues to be like the first two shots where I felt pretty much fine. Um, happy to be boosted. Feels good. Um, I'm getting mine Friday. There you go. I so mean, I'm, excited to, I'm looking forward to hearing. What do you get? Pfizer or Moderna? Uh, probably Pfizer. I don't know. I just said stick the fucking needle in my. The chick was, <laughs> the chick at CVS was amazed at how easy I was. She's like, you don't have any questions? You're uh, not allergic to it? I said, no, just put it in my arm. Did that hurt? No. <laughs> just no, let's you've been keep it moving. Out now. Your, arms, your arms are jacked now since you've been working out. Well, you know, I at one time in my life I was in great shape back when we first met, and I'm trying to get back into it. I've already shredded a couple of pounds off the frame, but the gym. Let me tell you, man, the gym has been tough with these resolutioners, and I guess you could say I'm one of them. Oh yeah. But like, I tried to go to the gym yesterday, pulled into the parking lot, and this is a big box. I'm not going to give the shout out to him. I won't give him that kind of give him that kind of press, but. It's a big box gym, <laughs> giant parking lot, not a single parking space. Yeah. Literally turned around and told Michaela, I was like, I'll be home for dinner because I, I just can't do this. Because, <laughs> you know, it's Monday, it's International Chess Day. And, I mean, I would – honestly, we're almost at the point now where there's where there's like a deli line to get a bench. Oh, my take God. A, take I can't it's, even imagine being in a place like that. But it's that. like even if I want to do – all right, fine. I can't do I can't, I can't. can't do a regular bench press. Then fine. I'll do a dumbbell bench press where I – okay, fine. Uh, I'll grab some dumbbells. I'll do flat bench and then I'll do incline. Can't do that. Those are taken for hours. So then I end up doing the circuit that the old people do and even those the good <laughs> machines are taken. And today we're at – again, I said we're at like a commercial gym, nothing fancy – just want to get my workout in and get the fuck out of there. I got this chick, six like prime time gym time at like four forty five, super setting. Mm. She's got her duffel bag on the bench. Oh god! And she's running back and forth. She did like eight sets between the bench and the yeah. pull ups. And like, listen, if that's your workout, cool. But you need to go to like a more niche gym if you're gonna do your bullshit supersets and spend more money. Because you know what? And listen, anybody that wants to go to the gym and work out, fine, cool. But she was fucking doing 25-pound plates on each side. Like, go grab some right. dumbbells and sit in the fucking corner and, and do pull-ups well, you know over. The- it's just like, I'm trying to throw around some real weight here, you know? Yeah, my boy's trying to get back into it. I, I can respect that, and I, I can't work out. I, I, I was... Briefly, my first job down here before I got back into my career position in corporate wellness, I was at Equinox, and I worked out there a grand total of one time in four months because I can't train at places like that. I mean, listen, I, I'm snobby about it, I'll admit, you know, but I, I do pride myself on like, well, I can creatively put together a workout. I don't need a lot of space. I don't need a lot of equipment. I can delegate 
you know, my, my sets based off of who's using what and what is allocated to me at the time. These people don't pay any attention and no. they have no interest in no etiquette. remotely acknowledging that other people are there. So no, and, working and, out at places like that, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a dumpster fire disaster zone because you have people who don't care. You have other people that are there for optics and to say that they went to the gym and post a few Instagram pictures more so than them actually getting a workout in. And for my guy here, who's in, who is a New Year's resolutioner, but he's trying to get back into it, they're fucking him over, and I don't like it. Listen, as I, the treadmills are always open, so I'm getting my 30 minutes of cardio in. I'm getting shredded again. It feels great. But, yeah, it's tough. And, listen, I'm not in there trying to do like I used to back in the day where I do, you know, like – eight different workouts. I'm going with the flex wheeler method, former Mr. Olympia this time. Less is more. Concentrate on the negative. Let's get our, let's make every rep count. I only need to do four, four different workouts and I'm going to get as good of a workout as the guy next to me killing himself. But I can't even do that. Efficiency is key, my friend. And the problem too is like, like you know, a lot of people, they, I, I have an issue with this. And this is not coming from the, oh, you do this for a living, you're a snob, piece of shit. There was a long time where I wasn't working in the fitness industry. And you know what I did? I came up with a game plan as to what my workout was going to be. And what I would do is I would survey the area, I would look at what was available to me, and I would try to make everything as close and as and flow as easy as possible. If I can get through this superset or this circuit using only these few things, I will. I'm going to put them back, and then I'm going to move on to the next and use as little as possible. People don't care. People have no interest in that. They're, they're there so that they can do exactly what they want and fuck everybody else. And they don't think. They don't care. They don't think. And they're kind of just doing whatever. And I fucking hate that. Go in with a plan. Go in with some kind of agenda. You're not the only person there. This is not your opportunity to kind of figure out a workout. It's not that hard to go online or find somebody that does know what the fuck they're talking about and put together a little bit of a script for you. Completely agree with you, and I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into it, but 2016, Tom, as I like to call myself to Michaela back when I was genetically perfect um, – I would not go that far. I knew you at 2016, and I would not say genetically I was, perfect. I was, I was, I was very in very good shape. But with that being said, yes. 2016, Tom would not have heard any of this. Put people putting their bags on, you know, the bench, and then going over for 25 minutes and doing a fucking the stretch worst. session and all that shit. I'll tell you what. Give me a couple months, and that bag will be thrown in the corner, and I'll be putting plates on the bench because that's what no, I was I'm, doing I'm, back I'm, in the New York Sports Club days. That's right. I'm rooting for you. Uh, these people need to learn a lesson, and they need to learn a hard lesson. Um, they can't walk around s- like they own the fucking place. No, and I swear. And if you do own the place, look like you actually do. Yeah, and I swear. Sometimes is it ignorance or is it just not caring? Sometimes people just need their fucking eyes it's open. A combo it's like of both. It's like when you're driving and 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 you just have to lean on the horn every once in a while or give somebody the thumbs up or what the fuck are you doing? You're not the only person on the road. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. I think some of it's I don't know what I'm doing, and the other part is, well, I'm here, and uh, these people can suck it, which I hate. Oh, and um, they're fortunate that I don't work out in places like that anymore. And yeah, I, I don't think I could. Like, I would get asked by my old boss, like, why don't you ever train here? I'm like, I have nothing, A, to prove to anybody, so I don't need to showcase my workouts here like some of the other trainers clowns and (laughs) i'm certainly not 
like it's my time. Like I want to get my workout in. I want How to was the equinox? As, as I possibly can. Was it I mean, crowded? Dude, I mean, I hear thing. it's obviously. I checked the membership for the one around here. It's like three hundred bucks a month. Is it it's worth a the money? Scene. No, no, it's a scene, bro. It's it's like it's it's like a club. Like the music's blaring. You can't hear a fucking thing. People How are the towels. If, they're fine, and the locker rooms are pristine. But you know what? Like for somebody like me, a when I'm doing my professional job, which would be like training one of my clients, people don't care if you're with a client. Like they'll take your bench, they'll take your weights, they don't care. And I would have to get in altercations with people and be like, "Uh, excuse me, like my client's paying a decent amount of money to train with me right now, so back the fuck off." And people would just like it's just a scene. Like you could easily tell the people that are there just for show. It's like I. It's a status thing. I work out at Equinox. It's like a oh great. Like you if pay I was going to spend do a few things. If I was going to spend that kind of money, hundred and fifty dollar Lululemon outfit. <laughs> like come on. I've struck a. I've struck a nerve. If I was going to spend that kind of money on a gym membership, I would just go all in and, and join a country club. Yes, I mean, dude, you should. And, and like, even like I. I talk to a lot of the people at Samsung and they're like, you know, we, we have a really, we have, I mean, it's such a, it's a semiconductor. So there's two fitness centers on site and both are really nice and we do a good job keeping them up. But that's not the point. People ask me, Oh, you know, I'm a member of golds or I'm down the street at lifetime. And I'm like, why would you ever work out there? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, you get this place for free. The only people you're competing with are colleagues and coworkers that you already know. Everything is clean. Everything is at your disposal. If you come at certain times during the day, there's not even anybody else in there. Like, why would you ever put yourself through working out at one of these box gyms when you can just work out at work for free? Like, that's my selling point. Because at least for me, when I work out, I'm a disgusting mess. I'm not trying to put on any kind of a scene. I'm like, let me get my fucking workout in and call it a day. No, man. But if it's your thing and you're just trying to make a whole scene. Good for you, bro. I like it. Yeah, it's it's tough. We man. might have to talk. We might have to do like a gym thought at the end of some of our pods, <laughs> especially since you're back into it. Oh yeah, I'm back, baby, and the diet's solid. What are you doing diet wise right now? Are you like counting calories, or what are you doing? Meal no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not counting anything. I cut out almost carbs completely. Just when I feel like, like today, I I didn't have any carbs all day, and I was just feeling drained. So I had like half a cup of rice in with my uh, my chicken and and cauliflower rice dish, but mm-hmm. only eating between seven and eleven. So a little bit of in or excuse me, flip that, uh, eleven and seven. Eleven and seven. Yeah. Eleven a.m. Um, seven p.m. Little little intermittent fasting and uh, just keeping the carbs low, the protein high, and the fat at about the same, and just not eating shit. Like every meal's clean. Um, I'm not early enough. Or excuse me. I'm not deep enough into the diet working out phase to throw myself any cheat days. So that'll be coming. Okay. Which is honestly like when you're actually working out, cheat days are nice because then you're just full of carbs and you just feel like thick. Can I give you? Can I change? Can I change your? Can I change your thought process for a second? Yeah. Don't have full cheat days. Have a cheat. Have have cheat meals. Yeah. Yeah. Spread out during the week, 
Because cheat days are actually not good for you. Because if you are super diligent and you're really clean and you're staying away from processed shit, and then all of a sudden you like double or triple your calorie intake on one day and take in more processed shit than you do the other six days, it actually fucks over your system pretty good and your workout the next day is going to fucking blow. So I would say focus more on like cheap meals or snacks. Find something on one day that you want. And then like two days later, do it again, whether it be like lunch or dinner. It's a good way for you and Michaela to kind of like maybe plan out a nice night too or something. Because a whole cheat day, it's not going to be good for you, man. No, I know. You definitely do feel drained. So, But I haven't even gone with a cheat meal yet. It's just been carbs are not eliminated just because I you do you feel like shit you need carbs. when you don't eat any, yeah, any you need carbs. carbs. You need that quick burst of energy. You need um, good quality carbs is what you need. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm eating a fucking – you know, the lowest quality I'll eat is like a Nutri-Grain. Yeah. But it's usually either sweet potatoes or, or white or brown rice or some good carbs like that. You get carbs from veggies as well. Um, yeah. But it's it, it's more of that. And then, you know, it's just – but it is it is draining, you know, and it changes your mood. But, hey, the pounds yeah. – the pounds are – I'm probably down like 12 pounds already. I'm trying to get back to My shredded. fucking man. So – we're we're locked in this time. It's no bullshit this time. I, I I need to do it, so I need to get back into shape. Well, I'm proud of you. I, I, I definitely am proud of you. And uh you know, you know how much like physical wellness and and just taking care of yourself means as as part of my everyday life. So to hear people in my life getting themselves back in the swing of things, I'm obviously consulting the secretary and his lovely wife with their programs. They're both they're both starting their new uh, 2022 program right now and are doing a really good job. So uh, I'm happy to hear that you're on the train. The secretary lies on his reports. I'm just going to say it there. Listen, the secretary <laughs> had a lot of goals that he needed to meet, and uh, he's been meeting them, and I have testimonials. So uh, I'm very proud of him too. So good for you, bro. I'm uh, Keep up the work and fight through those terrible crowds. Yes, thank you. And listen, this goes to the big box gym people and anybody else. Everybody's like, oh, why don't you get a trainer? They'll push you more. First of all, I, this isn't my first rodeo. I know what I'm doing. And I tell him, I'm like, one of my best friends is a fucking trainer. If I ever need any advice, he's going to give it to me for free. Why would I pay somebody? You're goddamn right. I'll write you up anything you need. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. But I so. think you're all right. Yeah, right now it sounds like you've got a solid game plan, so I don't even need to. We can maybe fine-tune some things that maybe in like February or March. Yeah, when, I, when I'm – plateauing with what you've got right now. Starting to get a little more – when I'm starting to get a little more dialed and I start to feel that plateau, I may have to make a few changes. I'm looking forward to that, honestly, because that will mean progress has happened. Um, but right now it's like – it's not a matter of how to do it for me. It's just I got to fucking do it, period, point blank. Yeah, you're, you're not at a point where you need to worry about the specifics. You just got to move your body six, seven days a week. That's it, man. That's it. Are you going to start watching shows because your, your excuses are straight dwindling? <laughs> I would never call them excuses because I've always been transparent. I've never been like, well, I can't because of this. I'm like, no, my attention wanes. So unless that changes, I don't know. I mean, I never know. I, I have to dive in and I have to stick with it. Uh, it's going to be a product of that. So I don't know. I do want to watch the Super Dave documentary, though. That is coming. Um, and then I will, you know, think about watching some shows. All right, man. Sounds good. Well, we're probably only going to have one pod from here on out, but 
That should be enough. I mean, we only have NBA to cover right now and the NFL playoffs. So, although the 2022 golf season has begun. Hey, now. I mean, I think next week we can get two in. We can do some NBA on Monday and get caught up on everything, like Clay's return, whatever the Nets are doing. They're kind of free-falling, whatever's going on with your Knicks. Um, R.J. We'll Barrett. more good matchups. R.J. Barrett, baby. Uh, Julius Randle had two points last night, Tom. How is that even possible? Um, but they got the win. And then, um, you know, Wednesday, because we do have a Monday night playoff game for the first time ever, uh, we can do a Wednesday NFL. So we'll be good. And a lot of, obviously, coaching and – Coaching hires and GM hires coming up. A lot to look forward to, man. Well, this was a great pod. Great chopping it up with you as usual. And I'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it, man. Be good.